everyone. This is Kathy Mason from Mason Works Marketing here on Conscious Business Zone with my friend Raphael Weissman. Hi, Raphael. Hi, welcome. Nice to meet you again. Yes, yes, yes. So Raphael and I met each other at Co-Creators Convergence, I don't know how many years ago, That five, six years ago, probably. Yeah, good. Uh, Time's going fast. And, <laughs> and then Raphael ended up staying at my house. And he's the reason why I have cats now, because <laughs> there was a stray cat walking around our neighborhood. And Raphael pulled out a can of sardines out of his backpack and fed the cat. And it was best friends with us from evermore. And from that, it ended up leaving. And then the, my partner at the time wanted a kitty after that. So it, it was all it was all this clandestine, all of a sudden kitty. And I'm so glad I have them during COVID because I've been by myself most of the time. So thank you, Raphael, for bringing the kitty energy. So, so um, I want everyone to know Raphael is a great resource for spiritual um, insights and for your upliftment. Um, he would not call himself a teacher and a guide, but he is. Um, his very um, his life path has brought him through teachings and trainings. Um, since he was a young man that are very different than most of us have had, including he was a, a luthier, luthier, how do I pronounce it? No, you said it's well first time. Luthier. Okay, which means he he's a, a harp maker and we'll show his website in a little bit so you can see one of the beautiful harps that he had. Um, he's also from South Africa, so um, but he doesn't have an English or Danish kind of accent. Um, and but he lives in the U.S. and he is um, he walks this spiritual path that I I just want to um, encourage you to check out his work and possibly work with him if you resonate with him. So, Raphael, what, what I'd love to start with is how did you start on all of this? I mean, when did you come over from South, um, Af from, from South Africa to the U.S.? I mean, you went to London first, right? First to Israel. Oh, Israel. Okay. Yeah. I was in the Israeli army for three years. Oh, my gosh. And then I went to the Hebrew <laughs> University for three years. Oh. Wow. And got my BA in English literature. Oh. And then after I'd finished that, I realized that I did not want to become an academic. And I became fascinated by the man who built himself a guitar from a kit. So I ended up uh, getting excited. I was studying, in addition to English, I was studying musicology because I wanted to know more about music and I was getting involved and enthralled by early music. Um, and so I, when I finished my BA, I decided I wanted to learn to build harpsichords. Oh, wow. And I was drawn because I was, um, let's see, I didn't, I wasn't married yet, but I was with somebody 
um, who had my ex, my, um, you know, my wife for many years, um, was British and her parents had a place in London. And it felt like my next step was to go and study um, to become a harpsichord maker of all things. Wow. But I was too old, believe it or not. Uh, I was in my 20s. They would have only wanted a, a young apprentice that they could, you know, um, train so that they would become part of the company. But instead, I found a college and I found that this college offered was just beginning a course in early music instrument making. Hmm. And it went to, I was so drawn to the early music, to Renaissance Baroque music. So I enrolled in the college. And it's interesting because I had no idea how to use tools or anything. But they said, can you sharpen chisels? Uh, when I went to the college during the summer, and they said, well, um, we need a apprentice, um, not apprentice, we need a, an assistant to the the maintenance people because the college I went to study at also offered courses for blind people uh, in in piano um, restorate in piano um, tuning and, and various other aspects so one of my jobs in the summer before the course started was sharpening chisels so I learned how to do that and I did all this because I enrolled in a course, uh, like an evening class in violin making. And then I had another part-time course at a college in uh, lute making. So I was well um, underway to actually start the college. And for three years, we just had a workshop space and we ended up making instruments, um, lutes, and fancy other words like vihuelas and bandoras that most people have never heard of. And um, for three years, my life was at the college in London. And the whole beginning of a renaissance of early music was happening. I uh, became associated with the Early Music Center Eventually, after our three years, they offered me um, to, be, to come and join uh, a workshop space where I could make my lutes. Um, over the three years that the students were building instruments, people from Europe were coming because they wanted to learn lutes. They wanted to learn how to play this music. Wow. And Anthony Rooley of the um, Early Music Center um, you know, he, uh, he wanted to encourage us. So people were buying instruments from us while we were still students. And then he offered us the opportunity right next to the early music center of uh, being one of a few people who shared a, a large workshop space. Yeah, so I've had, I've had a few adventures in my life. Wow. That's well, one of them. Well, so, so the, the focus and the, it's almost a meditation that you go into when you make an instrument like that, correct? It's true. Uh, and of course, there's always a little fear of messing up. And I've been 
you know, I've realized over the years that I always had guardian angels watching over me when I would do my carvings, you know, somehow it always worked out. And I never imagined I have the skills to do that. I'm even in that place today. I have to finish a harp with a carving just because we're retired, but I promised my daughter that I would, you know, make her this one with a phoenix head carving. So I'm terrified, but I've learned that it always works out. I'm always watched over and um, I can always trust. So what also happened is when we moved to London from Jerusalem, um, so many things started to open up for us. Um, we did get married in London. Um, I had been studying karate with my with my partner's cousin. Uh -huh. He showed up in Jerusalem and started teaching me Buddhist practice and karate and everything. And then, and he had a baby in our house. And then we ended up, when we moved to London, somehow we got involved with a man who was teaching um, some practice. Um, and he said at the end, when he was leaving, uh, well, I'm leaving um, London, I'm moving to the States, but my teacher, Marshall Lever, is coming to London and you can continue studying with him. Now, it so happened that this guy, Marshall Lever, at some point, a friend who had been coming over to our home every once in a while for dinner, uh, had offered and given us a channel reading with Marshall Lieber, who channeled an old Chinese guy. Oh. So I met Marshall in London in those days when he came and lived there for a while. And I became one of his students and I was following all of the channelings from old Chinese, Chung Fu. And then after um, six or seven years of being in London, um, we were invited to to move to the States to become part of this organization called 33 Energies oh. that was happening in California, in Irvine. And so my whole life, you know, once again, we just get up and go. Um, and at that point, um, you know, we ended up in Irvine being part of this organization. It was engineered that it wouldn't last. So after a year, <laughs> the whole thing folded. But I also, I had this connection with old Chinese that has lasted all my life because he taught me so many things. In those days, we're looking at the 70s in London and then in California, people did not know about diet, about uh, cataclysms, crystals, um, numerology, you name it, everything that today is part of the whole world of new age and um, so and no spirituality was just in its incipient stage, just like the early music was. And then it so happened when I started building harps years later, when I did move and 
finally ended up in um, New Mexico, I became part of a whole new movement towards uh, harp therapy. So I was building harps, the one behind me, whoops, that side. Yeah. The one on the wall. Yeah. I, I <laughs> everything's reversed here. Yeah. Um, the, the, I started building therapy harps for harp therapists and I was part of their programs. I was part of making the instruments and I was actually part of writing an article and a few uh, about the whole movement towards heart therapy and music therapy. I seem to have always landed in a place where something new was beginning. And so in fact, you might consider that that, that brings us to the book <laughs> because the book, The Path of the Spiritual Warrior, Perfect. is all about creating structures for the new earth. That's right. Perfect. So I have had the most amazing, in hindsight, and actually now with complete uh, conscious awareness, I have been guided and directed and blessed and protected all my life. I met the most amazing people. In fact, I bumped into Greg Braden just two days ago. Uh, unexpectedly after I had just two or three days before that sent him a copy of my book. We've known each other for, for a long time, but just out of the blue, there he was, same time as I was at the checkout uh, in a Santa Fe co-op. So these things have happened to me. Uh, as you know, Stuart Wilde was part of the group that we were uh, in London uh, with all Chinese. And then he also was invited to come and be part of this venture in Irvine. That's so, so he started his um, new age guruship, you might say, <laughs> not too long after the whole thing folded. Oh. And, and so many, so many interesting stories. I have more books to write about my own life story. Because yeah. It's been a fascinating journey. Well, part of the reason I was so excited to introduce you here um, to people that are possibly servant leaders that are on the road to um, figuring it all out. Um, servant leaders usually spend a lot of time focusing on their employees and on their customers, but don't have time to really find resources like you was that when I first met you and you mentioned old Chinese, I had been following Stuart Wilde, which I've got like six of his books back there. And I used to have VHSs and cassette programs and everything because he back in the seventies and eighties, and I was, I was way open to all of that stuff was talking about, old Chinese and how um, the, it's almost the information like the Ascended Masters, like when you talk about, because uh, I follow, I, I've read a lot about St. Germain as well, or the Masters of the Far East books, where we talk about our um, transcendent uh, capabilities to manipulate time and space. And um, and Stuart Wilde was talking about that for business 
back in the 70, late 70s and 80s. Um, and, and he was the first and I was all in. <laughs> and so when yeah. I met you and you said old Chinese, it was like, old Chinese, are you talking about the same one that Stuart did? Because, because I've been such a fan of being more than what we think we are. The access, the alchemy, the opportunity to create your reality um, in a way, and and you learn trust way before the rest of us did. I'm still learning trust. So how, how did you learn trust? <laughs> you know, I, I have a friend and I constantly remind her that um, trust is that's the only way to learn to, to learn trust is to trust. Practice <laughs> trusting. Because, you know, trust comes from knowing that you are more than just your body, more than your mind, more than everything you think you are. And Perfect. our alignment with our guides, everybody has a team of guides, of angels, whatever. You, I call them my guardian. You know, I, I, I like to call them my angels, but... Um, in some ways, it's almost like I'm developing a relationship with God in which God, whatever God is, which is all that is, is teaching me that I'm also God. And it's not about ego. It's about the fact that we were given the creative ability that this essence of what God is, of being creator, gave us through free will and through our spiritual evolution, gave us the ability to create from nothing, seeming nothing. Everything is God. So we're not creating from nothing, really. We're creating from the essence of everything, the infinite potential exist and we were given that spark that divine spark that is essentially our free will choice to choose how we will create our lives through our belief systems through things like trust through knowing through having the ability to tune in to other frequencies to other realities because essentially we're multidimensional. We're more than we imagine, we even could possibly imagine that we are. And so, how did I get to this particular? <laughs> oh, because I asked about trust, because- Oh, trust. Honestly, the, well, because this is the, what, you have so many gifts that you could share with my audience, because I, I know your gifts. And so I wanted to, <clears throat> people are very freaked out right now. People, yeah. I mean, I knew that this was going to be the way it is, but it's just getting, it's like we're in a pressure cooker <clears throat> so that anything that's blocking us from holding more light or from um, being connected to the frequency of love has to be shown and exhibited so you can choose whether you want to keep it or not. 
but but people that are focused outwards at everyone else and barely have time to do the inner work can really benefit from your knowing from your holding the space and a representative of trust or love or open-heartedness um they're already on that journey but the 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 if they're sensitive, they're feeling this global consciousness. So that's why I was so excited you said you'd come on um, because the, the work that you do with HeartThread, and we'll talk about that in just a second, HeartThread and the Emotion Code is a game changer. Both of those things and your book, then there's the frequency in the physical of holding the book there's there's actually a knowing a transmission that that you've embedded into that book and so that's that's what i'd like to talk about because i i see you as a huge resource your journey is an example of um trust and of um knowing you are one with source and and using that in a um, non-egoic way, which the, we don't have examples of very much of this. Most of these people that are opening up and waking up right now, they right away want to teach it. <laughs> they, they wake up, they do some ayahuasca or something, and they want to teach it. And here are you, you've been doing this since you were 20 years old, and you've been on this, you're just this, path towards, oh, I'll take a little of this, I'll take a little of that, and and welcoming it all, trusting it, right? Well, yes, sometimes kicking and screaming. <laughs> you know, there's, um, there's something about the fact that well, I, I didn't only begin in my 20s. Oh. When I was a kid or a teenager, I joined the Rosicrucians. I saw the, this thing in the magazine where you could sign up and they could learn practices like sitting in front of a candle. And I was already drawn to all of these things from that age. Oh, I didn't, I don't remember having had any kind of psychic abilities or anything of that, though I may have when I was very young. But, you know, the, the Chinese, the Taoist flavor also, you know, the whole Shaolin, I, we used to watch uh, Kung, Kung Fu, Fu. <laughs> well, every, every week. That was our big thing. You know, we'd sit and watch the, the episodes. So the whole, that whole, and I did the karate, the Okinawan style, and I was even asked to become a teacher. This was at college when I was studying the instrument making in, in London. Just the way in which my life has been woven has fascinated me and all the things I've been drawn to. You know, like at college, when I went to, to st study English, I was drawn to all the powerful transcendental um, poets. Um, Shakespeare was the absolute passion for me. And then the, uh, you know, the transcendental poets talked about a lot of stuff that was ineffable. You know, you, it, like this, um, what's his name? Um, Yeats, I think, with the vase. Uh -huh. They're always trying to grab the, 
get hold of the nymph, but you can never, and you're eternally bound on this vase going around in a circle. Yeah, and, and yet there was a transcendental nature to that because it's eternal. Right. Art, music, you know, these things are eternal and they all align with spirituality Beautiful. when you internalize it. And then you take what's internal and you exteriorize it. So again, the fascination with Taoist way of seeing things, one step at a time, you know, the path of a million miles begins with one step, chop wood, carry water, be simple, live in the forest with the old sage. The stories that old Chinese told were like, fascinating. they were like a whole world, like the Hobbit and the, yeah. the Lord of the Rings. They went so deep, but it, it was a depth that came and sprung from this, um, this Eastern way of seeing the world where the Tao, you could say, when we talked about the nothing, you know, the everything is created from nothing. It's just like the Tao. And the path that I've taken that's brought me to where I am today is always one step at a time. Be in the moment as much as possible with your heart open and trust and have patience. So these are the principles that have guided me. They've eventually brought me to all these modalities that I do, the emotion code, the heart thread, and I'm also a trainer in heart thread, and I've become a channel. So I bring through the wisdom um, of the highest realms that I know exist and, and it's almost like there's this collaboration going on because it's not just, I, I'm not like Marshall or the Sally who also channels uh, Chung Fu now in Glastonbury. I'm not a full trans, trans, trans channel. I'm present. And sometimes I'm looking for the right word because I know they're looking for the right word. And I'm, you know, wondering, well, and I trust that the right words come through, but part of my consciousness is like we're all working together with the entities or beings or, or angels that come through me. And they always talk as we, you know, I used to channel Christ or I channel Mary or I channel this one or that one. And this book is a channeling of essentially 13 different voices all in um, all of them, each one is a chapter with a whole different worldview. And they always talked as we, and I'd have to remind myself to say, I sometimes like, let's say Pan, I had to remind myself there was Pan talking and not me or not we, <laughs> it was like a muddle but it, it was flawless. It would just flow. I did edit the book so it would be more readable because sometimes the sentences go on and on. And sometimes I had to edit to make it very clear what they were talking about. But there's this, this um, smorgasbord 
of so many different elements that all weave together into my life, into my work, my book, my teaching. I've even become um, a kind of a hands-on practitioner where I put my hands on people and the heat comes through and they get relief from pain. So what I've come to is that what I'm really here for is to help people to open their hearts because of all the potentialities that we can access. If your heart is closed, you will not be able to evolve. You will not be able to be happy and you'll not be able to really serve because you are denying your own inner beauty and wisdom when you're not operating from your heart, but from your mind. And then once I can help somebody and the work is always constantly on oneself as well. So I'm always having to keep my heart open. But once you help somebody else open their heart, then you can also help them to help others open their hearts. And this is what the world needs today. The new earth is going to be a new earth made of people whose hearts are open. That's right. So that has become the focus for me. And what I've understood is that emotion code can help to remove what's called a heart wall, where you release the trapped emotions that are tying you into this little box where you've put a wall around your heart to keep you safe. So we can open that by releasing trapped emotions. Then we can start releasing trapped emotions from the body. And then the heart thread takes you to a whole nother level where you're releasing old patterning, old ways of thinking, your access to your able, to, I'm able to help people often feel the presence of their own guides around them. So it's taking that release of trapped emotions to another level where you're actually releasing the old patterns, perhaps ancestral patterns, which also is part of the emotion code work because we, we get inherited emotions that we can release. But it's like almost like you're going through the layers, going deeper and deeper, or you could say higher and higher. So emotion code then opens me up to being able to help somebody also go into the heart thread space where their heart is actually being opened to a whole other level of themselves and tuning them into their purpose. And then if they need, I can offer channeling, answer questions from the highest level of love and wisdom and help them to see their um, timelines, help them to see their own unfolding and to clarify some of the issues they're working with. And then I can integrate it through my hands into their blueprint, even through something we call circuitry alignment, which is another uh, process I learned through soul support systems, which is where I learned the heart thread you can actually reconnect them to their original blueprint, 
even an upgraded version of that because you've opened their heart, you've opened them to their purpose, you've allowed them to open to a whole multidimensional level of reality. So it's like a package. <laughs> yes. And you could take people from closed heart, perhaps, you know, veterans who have suffered tremendously. And this is part of my passion too, is to create ways of helping those who've been victims of war and abuse and violence, and especially vets, and help to bring them back to their own love of themselves, where all the other stuff becomes just part of the past that's no longer relevant to our present moment and our future, which we create in the moment. So there's a nice little spiel for you. Wow. Okay. Well, um, I I want you to know that if you do have a session with Raphael, what you're going to find is that because of his connection to the angelic realm and the ascended masters and higher frequency beings uh, that that he's aligned with, he will intuit what exactly you need. And so you may get a combination of these different modalities. You may actually just get one modality, but what you'll do if you feel energy, you will know. Um, I got to have a session last week and I have um, been, um, I had a bug, <laughs> I guess you want to call it, the, a persistent bug, and it really has helped me heal faster. Um, plus, I, I didn't know what else my body was trying to tell me. So, so this is um, a way for you to um, fall in love with this existence again. If mm -hmm. you've lost your love um, for, um, or if your story your persistent story wants to leave now. <laughs> wants I, to have the end. <laughs> I love that. Right? Yeah, so, I love the way you put that. Uh, so Lizzie wrote from, uh, she's in UK. She says, are you in UK? And if so, do you do gathering? Uh, Lizzie, I'm sorry, he's in the US, not in UK anymore, but he was in UK. So, and maybe you should invite him there. And uh, you never know, right? We do, we do have people who do heart thread in England, actually. Uh, so I can I can hook you up. But, you know, today looked like it. We're here talking, right? I was in your home in Boulder. We were on, on, on whatever, on Zoom or, you know, and here we are, a global community where we can work virtually. We can work from a distance. We can work because spirit... The thing about um, the heart is it's a quantum field. The heart doesn't know limitation. The heart doesn't know distance. It doesn't know past or future. It's all contained within that quantum reality. So we can work over the phone, over the internet, and we can work in person. And, you know, there's value in all of that. Um, and yes, I will be doing more gatherings. And one of the things I'm working on is actually because this book in some ways 
even though it wasn't my original idea, this encapsulates in many ways everything I have ever studied and the path that I have walked. And it came through me from the guides, but I have followed all of these principles and I must, because I have to walk my talk, you know? So I take those one step at a time steps and I chop wood and carry water and I keep things simple whenever I can. I take time to myself, I go to nature, I go hiking almost every second day, I dance. You have to have some form of practice and you have to be consistent. Those are some of the many principles that are part of what the book enumerates and leads you to develop. In many ways, the path of the spiritual warrior is the step towards becoming the sage, the old Chinese guide yourself. It's developing your ability to have equanimity and peace of mind and heart wherever you are, no matter what the circumstances. And to deal with things in the nitty gritty of the now physical reality and also learn to appreciate what it means to be human, what it means to have emotions, what it means to hate, to, 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 to you know, all the things that are part and parcel of being human and angel. So we are here to combine the physical and the non-physical, the, the emotional, mental, spiritual, psychological, all bring everything back into wholeness, into oneness. And that's what the path is about. It's not about the end of the journey. It's about living with the process of being human and being angelic, of being flesh and blood and being eternal, non-physical, immortal being. So all of my trainings have brought me to a place where I am just so blessed. Every day is magic. Even when it's rough, there's always something. There's always a way out. There's always, an, as they say, an elegant solution. I think that came from co-counseling. <laughs> There's there are all these things that we did, est and, and this and that, and avatar and whatnot. You know, they all steps on the journey, but the journey is wholeness, not just within ourselves, but within the the collective within the galactic viewpoint because we've been we've been creating wars from one planet to another galaxies have been fighting galaxies and we have this today in our lives right now in this world this three-dimensional world of 2023 and so we have to bring the wisdom, the love, and the heart consciousness into every aspect of life. Beautiful. And that's what this book is really about. And this, is, this book is waiting for me 
to formulate a course, a webinar, a process where people can walk the, this path and become not just spiritual warriors, but become the sage, become the one who knows and who, work, who internalizes and realizes the, this way. It's like living the Tao. Well, the, the thing that I wanted to ask, um, you, you spoke about the contents of that book and that you, you didn't really want to write a book, but it sort of, sort of happened. <laughs> um, um, did you feel different with each entity that came through? Was there a very distinguishable energy or connection with you as a being um, with each, because each chapter is a different entity coming through, correct? Uh, yeah, I call them voices. Voice. Okay. I, was, I was originally invited in a course that I was doing through a mini channeling through Flo Magdalena and Soul Support. I was actually asked towards the end of the course, this is like a year long program, I was asked to receive 12 voices, one a day when I do my morning automatic writing. And that's what happened. Every day uh -huh. a voice came through and I can read quickly the, the names of, okay. the, of the voices. So you get, it's hugely divergent. So the introduction was, and the 12th voice was my daughter, Joy, who died in a car accident when she was nine. She brought through an introduction and is the 12th voice of the child. Um, the first voice is Seshat. The next is Thoth. These are two, like, almost like uh, the masculine and the feminine energy. Um, from Egypt and before that from Lemuria, um, well, from mostly from Atlantis, uh, Toth or Toth, Jidahuti. Uh, so they came in, Seshat, Toth, then Apollo, the sun god, you know, the Greek god of uh, um, music and everything, Pan, John Henry, the person who brought the energy, the once human angel who brought through the heart thread work, Ashtara, a being who calls herself my feminine side or divine feminine aspect, who I met in an exercise um, meditation going aboard a starship or a spaceship. Then old Chinese, then the Druid, then Joan of Arc, Ganesha, Guru Rinpoche, Padmasambhava, then Joy. And then by the time we were ending and finishing the 12th voice, it was a very clear message that there was another voice that wanted to come through. And that was the Christ. So this compendium, uh, it's, it's a whole range of, of mythologies and walks of life and attitudes and consciousnesses and, you know, uh, spiritual traditions that are all blending together. All of them talk from the perspective of we, and yet each one brings a very specific 
attitude, teaching, and worldview to what they share. Each chapter or voice begins with a message that was about maybe 45 minutes long. Then there's a break, and then they answer questions, just like I do today. And so the questions and answers, when they weren't only specific to a person, personal answers, all are now part of the book because the ones that are general, that talk about things like death, things like um, evil, things like what's going on with the agenda. So many of these things are actually represented in the book and there's almost like a sequence. It's almost like the path takes you from one step to the next, but also as if it were a ladder, climbing up to a higher and higher level of perspective so that when you, it's almost like if you're going to read the book, you're invited to imagine that you're actually were part of that course in 2020, towards the ends of 2020. We're only looking two or three years ago. And all of this material came through in 13 weeks. Ah. And then I, then I had to, you know, go through it, transcribe it, edit it. And I've done many edits. It actually came out in a different version called the New Earth Council. Uh, it was published in the UK, but it, it wasn't it wasn't right. And I reworked the whole book. I went through the book with a friend. We did a Zoom call twice a week and we re-edited it. We rewrote some of the sentences, added notes. So it's now when I read little snippets from it, I'm still blown away by how deep and how profound and, and magical their sharings um, have been wow. and, and are. So was there one that you aligned with more? Or it sounds like this is almost like an entrainment where if you each one builds on the other and truth starts to be revealed um, all the way through about our, our holographic whatever this game is. Right, right. <laughs> right? But Very well put. Was there one that you aligned with or that you prefer, not preferred, but that you really um, was your favorite? You know, that's an interesting question. I've never considered that before. Uh, off the top of my head, I'm actually going to say Guru Rinpoche. Oh. Was the one that pops out. Um, because... You know, it was interesting because I was actually asked by some people who you know my my uh, collective up in uh, just here north of me in El Rito. Um, they're all Buddhists, or many of them are, and we have a stupa there, and the whole Buddhist practice came there. And somebody asked, "How can you be channeling Guru Rinpoche? I mean, he's this like being out there. You know, he wouldn't come through you, or or you know." And he says, you know, you don't have to be a Buddhist to develop your rainbow body. You don't have to be, be a Buddhist. You know, you don't have to look at the Dalai Lama. 
you know, he says, my religion is kindness. So it's very down to earth. It's also, it's very nitty gritty. It's not about being a spiritual, you know, uh, empath and, and becoming um, so focused on your spirituality that you forget to keep your two feet on the ground okay. and connect to Mother Earth and nature. All of these things, keeping your word, you know, the principles that they outline are so fundamental, they're so basic. And the very first principle is examine everything. Mm -hmm. Everything. So that's where we start. We start by putting the microscope to every thought, feeling, all the voices running around in our heads, everything we read, everything we think, everything we feel to not take it personally and to start developing a way to see a bigger picture and trust and also see a silver lining to always find the positive instead of focusing on the negative. Perfect. And, and this is the message that all of us need. Um, we have the choice of what we digest, whether it's food or um, or media, or reading, or websites, we can stay in the, the fear uh, loop, which just seems like a pressure cooker, as I said before, or we can start reading books like Raphael's, and it, it will be an activation for you. That's why I was so excited that he would come on and, and talk about it. Plus the... Um, we, we will have to bring you back and talk more about the emotion code and the heart thread work because um, the heart thread work is quite profound and having someone who can channel um, help you through it is um, it's kind of a bonus because you get to go deeper. You don't, it, it's not everything that's superficial. You can actually, because of, um, Raphael's viewpoint, he can go deeper into it so we you can resolve things faster. But um, do we have, we have about 10 more minutes. Do you want to see if you want to channel anything or what, what do you feel like? Is it, is that putting you on the spot too much or? No, I can channel at the drop of a hat. In fact, sometimes when I'm talking, I'm, you know, I never, it's always, it's me, it's almost like, you know, and they said this when they told me to do this exercise, because afterwards, at the end of the book, I had another reading with them as part of the course, and they said, well, we want you to receive another 12 voices, and, and then you're going to amalgamate the 12 with the other 12, so they become 144, and then they become the one voice. Oh my gosh. And I did a second series that I haven't even gone close enough to um, uh, transcribing. I don't know whether I will or not or how, but then what seems to have happened is that there was the one voice and my voice, their voice, it's like they, they meld together sometimes. I mean, I can channel and just be in that zone. Uh -huh. When I'm having a conversation, 
I mean, this whole conversation has been a, a combination of channeled, non-channeled, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. the words just come through automatically without too much thinking. I understand. That's the way I am too. I, I try, I open up and ask, um, how do I best serve and what's for the highest good? Yes. And then just, um, know that if they, if they tell me I have to say something, I don't want to, <laughs> <laughs> that I'll do it. But well, that, I, that happens. I, it, <laughs> that happens very much in heart thread. You know, you'll tell somebody to say something. And if that, nah, I can't ask them to say that. And then you get this prompting. The one thing I did want to do, maybe quickly, okay. is I wanted to enumerate what have the what I've extracted okay. as the principles. Okay, super. That presented. So, that's and I'm happy, instead of me channeling, if we have enough time, if somebody has a question, well, I could channel an answer to that question. Oh, okay. Let me, let me read the principles just okay. quickly. First is you are God's love. The whole concept of God's love is for me what I am. And it takes me and informs everything. Monitor, examine everything. Three, move from head to heart. Four, breathe. Five, be present in your body. Show up in the moment with your heart opened. Six, don't judge or make assumptions. Release your story, just like you said. Seven, have patience. Don't rush. And that leads to eight, trust. Replace doubt and fear. Replace worry. Ten, nine, embody and radiate light. Develop your intuition. Ten. Have a daily practice. Normally we begin up, uh, everything with a, creating a column of light and surrounding ourselves with a sphere of golden white light. Always look for the bigger picture. Find the silver lining in every experience. That's 11. 12, reclaim or remember your innocence. Reclaim your self-authority. Expect miracles. 13 lifestyle, spend time in nature, love your body, eat healthily, drink pure water, grow your own food, exercise, dance, move, hike, develop community. Number 14, keep your word, be in integrity. Number 15, be grateful, show kindness, have compassion, help one another, forgive. Number 16, honor and respect one another and all life. Cultivate benevolent relationships. So there's your um, outline of what I've managed to condense into a package. That's beautiful. And, and uh, that's what the truth is always, um, it, it's strangely um, simple but not easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me another little anecdote. Um, when my when my ex's cousin Dan was was you know training me so to speak in Jerusalem, uh -huh. he found this Roshi, uh, a Zen a Zen monk who was, was somehow ended up in East Jerusalem, and he took us to see him. 
and we kind of, you know, we became close. Um, Dokusan was his name. And he, when he starts explaining what Zen practice was about, he said, um, Zen Buddhism, very simple, but very difficult. And I always remembered that. I think he became a Roshi. Then he was just a, a simple monk. So yes, absolutely. Wow. Well, I'm going to um, share your website now so we can make sure that people know how to find you. We've been, I've been putting it in the chat. And it, um, so here is Raphael's website. So you can see the amazing, amazing harps. I mean, this is like a huge harp. <laughs> we can only see a little piece of it, apparently. But anyway, um, and then you can also see there's Raphael there. Um, is there anything on here? I'm going to go straight to the book. Where is it? Books. Here we go. So in here is the Path of the Spiritual Warrior page. That's that's my daughter Joy, who who channeled the um, she channeled the introduction about the New Earth Council. Beautiful. Oh, and then here's another interview that uh, Karen did with you. That's wonderful. It's a wonderful interview on co-creators convergence. And then there's uh, information. Here's Joy's introduction. So, so I just want to encourage people to go to your website. Is is that the best way to reach you, dear? Yes. That yep. I, that and then my email is Raphael at RaphaelWiseman.com. Okay. And okay. my phone number should be on there as well. Okay. Uh, I I live in Santa Fe, so I have an office. Yeah, there's that, a phone that's, number. That's the sky where the uh, the map is. Yes. Yes. Uh, and you know the. The website is my whole life story and and the future. So it's uh, it's got articles that go back about me, by me. Um, it's got a gallery with all my creations, uh, my art, my drawing, my carvings, the harps, the instruments. It's got the, uh, the healing uh, modalities that I do. It's got healing uh, products that I recommend. Um, and it's got uh, links, it's got events, it's got, yeah. uh, it's got yeah, all the videos and, and YouTubes I've done. Uh, under books, one of the pages, uh, the, the uh, other books, mm -hmm. um, is just covers of books that I've read. Like, look, yeah, just if you scroll all the way, you know, you'll see all of the fascinating books that have turned me on and informed so much of my work. And even the one you mentioned about the, um, the masters of the Far East, uh -huh. right? I think that's near the end. Uh, I've, been, I've been following and reading uh, the most fascinating material um, that has come to me and books just show up in my life. Yeah, me too. Me so, too. I'm so, a bookaholic. Yeah. So, you know, you stayed in my house, you know, and it's gotten worse. 
So, I mean, you know, this is, it's not even complete because uh, there's the book, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually ended up buying the whole package, the, the series yeah. of all five of them. Yeah, me too. And, and I'm constantly, I have a huge pile of books waiting to, you know, to for me to go through them. Yeah, I'm a bookaholic. And, and uh, that's what I'm saying to people is that uh, get Raphael's book and really process the information in it and feed your feed your soul. There, there's so much stuff right now that it takes away and there's one one chaos thing after the other or there's so many things fighting for your attention. But give yourself the gift of uh, reclaiming your power and re connecting to this incredible heart, which connects to everything. And that's that we are so powerful. We just forgot. We just forgot. Yeah, that's amazing. You're so in tune, Kathy. I love yeah. it. Yeah, well, ditto, ditto, ditto. So everyone, I hope that you'll, um, you'll enjoy, maybe listen to this more than once because Raphael um, brings through this wisdom they're like little gems. They're like little gifts, little wrapped gifts that you can unwrap and that may surprise you how they unwrap. Um, and, and But I also do highly recommend doing a session with him because of all the different attributes and skills that he's studied and that he brings through his um, skill at reading your energy and helping you through these changing times. I think you'll really, really benefit. I know I have, and I recommend him highly, highly, highly. So um, let's see. And and um, it's a great, oh, here we go. Noel said, it's a great book and so grateful. I got it, so much wisdom. Thank you, Noel. Hey, love you, dear. Yeah. So, yeah just, just for reference, um, you can get my book through the website, but it's also on Amazon. Yes. And if you go to Amazon or the website, you'll see an outline of the book, what it's all about, what, you know, my life. And, and, and so um, uh, I highly recommend that you um, uh, delve into it. Yes. It's not a book you just read through. You know, you have to take it piece by piece and let it integrate. Well, it, it, it helps you, it, it does the work. The words are transformational and the energy is going to work for your highest good. It's a remembering. Mm. All of this is an activation to remember. And if you want the faster route, call Raphael or, um, or email him and schedule a one-on-one. -on -one. You won't be sorry. This will be the fast track through, <laughs> it is, it is. And we all want that. We all want to be in service. We stood in line to get these bodies to be here right now during all this change. We wanna bring in as much light as we can during these times. See, um, yeah, here we go. She's saying, I met Raphael through the co-creators convergence. I said that earlier, Noel. Yes, that's the truth. And, and I'm so glad I did. And so, so appreciative of everything you do, Raphael. Well, but, likewise. Yeah. So, so I'm afraid we're out of time, but um, we'll have to do this again to talk more about the heart life and the emotion code work. 
Um, I wanted everyone to get a copy of this book and start the journey to a whole different way of enjoying this earthly experience through a different um, activation and remembering of who you really are. So thank, thank you, dear. And there are there are some excerpts on the website where I've done some book readings. People want to get a feeling, a snippet. That's um, another little asset there. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. Well, thank you. I'm sorry to cut us off, but we're out of time. So thank you so much. We'll thank, talk again. Thank you, Kathy. Yes. Love you. Love you. Love thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was beautiful. Uh, yes.